teaching from a lifetime of walking with God. And Touch is heard at 8.05 a.m. and p.m. Monday through Friday here on WCNO. This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Have you read the book of Zephaniah recently? What about Ecclesiastes or Titus? Well, if these books are a little unfamiliar to you, maybe it's because you've never read or studied the entire Bible. Actually, not many Christians have. But you can go through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee and do it every five years. We invite you to join with us in a very delightful and profitable time of studying God's Word right here on this station every weekday. That's Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Monday through Friday on WCNO. Grace Women's Healthcare, a Christian-based OBGYN practice serving St. Lucie County for five years, strives to provide excellent OBGYN care to women in a supportive environment. Board certified Dr. Carl Zolikoffer, along with nurse practitioner Denise Joseph, are available to serve you at 772-429-3400. Grace Women's Healthcare, a corporate underwriter of WCNO, available at 772-429-3400. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. If you're a Christian, you are a part of the family of God. Amen? That means if you're a liberal or a conservative, a Republican or a Democrat or independent, that has no bearing on whether or not you're my brother or my sister if you're a child of God. If you're my brother and my sister and you're, a, and you're a Christian, then it doesn't matter what your politics are this morning. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up this morning. It doesn't matter what nation you're from, what, what nationality, what, what ethnicity, what color your skin. If you're born again, you're my bubba. Oh, I know that's scary for some of y'all. I mean, I'm related to him. Yes, you are. <laughs> Get used to it. Kim lives with it. I mean, no, we're living in a, I mean, we really are. We're living in a divided country. And God has called us as Christians to bring the gospel. And, that, and you know, the gospel is what? The good news. It's not bad news, it's good news. So what we see a lot of times is that in order to bring the good news, we find ourselves in situations in life where we need to be able to call on the strength of the Lord and we need to be able to let God arise. Because we get in some tough spots, don't we? Somebody say, let God arise. 
I mean, when God is lifted up, He draws all men to Himself. Come on, we've got to lift up Jesus. Amen? In other words, when I let the light of His love in my life shine in my life, it kills the spirit of fear. It kills the spirit of worry. It kills the spirit of doubt. And make no mistake about it, people in our society today are full of fear. All you got to do is watch the news. Amen? Now, I'm not saying we're not citizens of the United States of America. Obviously, if you were born here, then you're an American citizen. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is it's just a temporary visa. If you don't believe it's temporary, check your driver's license out every six years when they replace the picture. You don't look the same as you did when you first got it. You're passing through, baby. The wrinkles and the cheeks prove it. Huh? Come on, I got my picture from my first driver's license when I was 15 years old. I pull it out every now and go, man, you were handsome. What happened to you? Something happened. How do you know it's because I'm passing through? How do you know my home is in heaven? Your home is in heaven. So my identity is not that I'm an American. It's that I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. Hmm? And I believe that if you're an American and you're a believer, then, you know, there's a mandate on believers in our society uh, to try to change society to the image of God. That's our mandate, to bring the good news, to get people to know what Jesus That's the calling. That's the great calling on all of our lives is to tell people about Jesus. I mean, you can't legislate morality. Huh? I don't care if you take every gun off the street. If you don't get Jesus in people's heart, they're going to still kill each other. You don't believe me? That boy up there in Connecticut could have just as easily walked in with 10 gallons of gas, poured it down the hallway of that school, and threw a match in it and killed more kids. It's not about assault weapons, ladies and gentlemen. It's about the heart. And I don't care how many laws you pass, you're not going to change people's heart with changing laws. The only way you change somebody's heart is by putting Jesus in it, not taking Jesus out of it. we got to spread the gospel. And in order to spread the good news, in order to really get the heart of God for people, then there's a way we do that. We have to let God arise. We need to let Him arise, and we need to learn how to stand in faith. And, and how many know that's because faith is right now? Faith is now. Somebody say faith is now. That means it takes place right now. It doesn't take place yesterday or tomorrow. God lives in the eternal now. Faith is now. Faith is a now moment. You've got to get in faith for the situation of your life right now. It's not going to wait. You can't hem haul around and be all scared and worried about it. You've got to get in faith now. Somebody say now. Hmm? The opportunity that you have today is the opportunity that you have today. You won't have that opportunity tomorrow. It'll be too late. Get in faith now. Come on, every opportunity in life passes by at some point. you got to get, oh, Jesus, help me. we got to get in faith now. So what we need to understand is that in the moments of life, in the rough and tough things that we face throughout the week, it's really just an opportune moment for God to arise. Everything that we're going through is an opportunity for God to arise in our life. But in order for that to happen, we've got to stand in faith. We can't be in fear. We can't allow the enemy to beat us down. We can't allow to think the worst. We can't become passive. We can't become negative. We can't become pessimistic. Amen? Or it'll beat us down and bring us down with it. And some of y'all have been beat down and brought down with it before. I have. And I'm glad I'm leaving it back in 2012 and moving into 2013. I've had a lot of victories in 2012, but I'm going to be honest with you, I had some defeat. Huh? Sometimes I wanted to sit in my mud puddle and cry. Praise the Lord. So I believe that you know, there's a lot of fear out there, and there's a lot of fear in the nation that we live in, and a lot of that fear has really just kind of crept into the church. 
and we think about it. We think about the economy. We think about what's going on. We think about what's happening in, in, in the world today and what are our children going to be raised under and what's the situation in the state of the schools that kids have to go to today. And, and you can't watch CNN and Fox without getting depressed. I mean, tune in for 20 minutes at 6 o'clock. If you don't feel like throwing something or crying, there's not a lot of good news out there, is it? And if you watch that stuff, you get depressed and you'll get low and fearful and get angry and frustrated. But how many of you understand this morning that when we are tuned into what God is doing, when we're tuned into what God is revealing and we begin to hear His Word and stand in faith on His Word, when we hear His news report, the report of the Lord, and we begin to, to believe the report of the Lord, it builds our faith, it stirs our heart, and, and, and we begin to stand and believe God for those things that seem to be impossible. I mean, you know, when we stand in faith, then society around us and the community around us begins to realize that they can be delivered. And they can get some deliverance. Somebody say it's a good report this morning. I say we ought to declare that He's a good God all the time. Everywhere we go and everything we do, declare that He's a good God and say, world, this is how it is, here it is, you can take it or leave it, but I'm going to let God arise. And when I do, guess what? His enemies are going to be scattered. So you don't want to be on the wrong team, Jack. You want to be on the right team. Amen? So can I just encourage you this morning that if we're going to grow in the Lord in the year 2013, then the process that we have to understand is, is that there cannot be growth in the Lord if we don't let God arise in our lives. If we just keep trying to do it our own way. If we don't learn how to stand in faith. Go ahead and open up your Bibles this morning to the book of Daniel. How many understand this morning that the book of Daniel is a prophetic book? And that in this book are not only prophecies that are relevant for us today, but the culture that Daniel lived in in the day that he lived is really similar to the culture that we live in today. It was very secular in its society. It was very materialistic the way that they lived. And because of that, I believe that the book of Daniel is very relevant for us. Because that's really a picture of our society today. Amen? Go ahead and look in chapter 2, verse 19. Chapter 2, verse 19. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise. Knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and let and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the ability to preach and teach. I thank you for the truth of your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for revelation that shines a light in our heart. God, that brings us out of things from 2012 and moves us into a new place of victory in 2013. Lord, I thank you that you are going to arise in our lives like never before. We declare that in Jesus' name. If you believe that this morning, say amen. <clears throat> now, if you've spent any amount of time in the book of Daniel, then you know what we've just read is Daniel's prayer and affirmation of God. Amen? Because Daniel was put in a position where he not only had to tell the king what the dream was that the king had, but then he had to interpret the king's dream. And he had to bring that interpretation forward. So God gave him wisdom to help the king, which caused the king to give Daniel favor. 
Somebody say favor. How many know that when the king had a dream, he couldn't find anyone to interpret it? Nobody in the land could interpret the dream. And King Nebuchadnezzar was pretty uptight that none of his wise men could figure it out. As a matter of fact, he said that if they couldn't find someone to interpret the dream, he was going to kill them all. I mean, that's a pretty stiff penalty if you can't interpret the dream, he's going to kill them all. Amen? So not only did Daniel get the king's favor by interpreting the dream, he also saved a lot of people's lives by interpreting the dream. Amen? And, and, and they get Daniel, and Daniel goes before the Lord, and not only does he get the dream, but he gets the interpretation of the dream. He gets the revelation of the dream. He goes back to the king, and he tells him the dream, and he tells the king the interpretation of it. And when he does, the king's really happy with him, and he makes Daniel a ruler of Babylon. He puts him in charge, makes him the third most powerful man in all of Babylon. And then he takes three Hebrew boys that were there with Daniel, and, and the king gives them a new name. He calls them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he puts them over different provinces in the kingdom. So now all of a sudden, these people who were taken from the land, who were separated from, from their faith, and they were brought out of the land of Israel and brought into the land of Babylon in bondage, now all of a sudden, these Hebrew boys that had all this character and all this ability and all this wisdom from God, and Daniel who had been given the, 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 the capacity to interpret visions and dreams, here they are, no longer treated like slaves. Here they are no longer treated like the scourge of the earth. They've been given positions of authority and they've been given rulership in the land that they were bondage in. Come on, talk about a promotion. How would you like to have been a slave, taken away and changed, and the next thing you know, you're in the king's palace and you're all in charge? Isn't that cool? I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had it cool, man. That was pretty awesome. Somebody say they had favor by the king. Hmm? How many of you understand that King Nebuchadnezzar was smart enough to recognize an all-powerful God, but he wasn't smart enough to serve him? I mean, you can be smart in a lot of ways and also be dumb. So we find out that after some time has passed, the king decided to build this beautiful 90-foot statue of himself. Y'all know the story, right? He builds this beautiful statue of himself, and the deal was that when the musicians began to play, everybody had to bow down, and everybody had to worship this new image of the king. Well, people begin to do that, but Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a little problem with the king's new rule. And, and, and because they had a commitment to God, they weren't going to bow down. And they understood this truth about not having no other gods before them that they were taught when they were from the land of Israel. Come on, how many know you're not supposed to have no other gods? It's one of the big ten. Somebody say it's a big ten. So they weren't going to bow down to this thing. How many understand this morning that, that this is a lot like what we as Americans are being confronted with today? With our culture. The country that we live in today. How many of you recognize that the knees of our society have been bowing down to materialism? And have been bowing down to humanism? And have been bowing down to moral